0: Hello, friends. It's Mr. Gratitude, and this is the Living with Gratitude podcast. Tonight, I have a special guest. Her name is Michelle Dempsey-Maltak. She is a divorce specialist. She helps moms move forward after divorce. She can also help and give some amazing insight on co-parenting. She's an author. She's a coach. She's a certified divorce specialist. Most importantly, she is the host of the Moms Moving On podcast. She is here with me tonight. So without further ado, go grab a drink, go grab some snacks, because here we go. Hello friends. Well, without further ado, please welcome my special guest for tonight. I did an awesome intro for her. I'm gonna give her a little bit of time right now. Please welcome Michelle Dempsey-Moltak to the show. Michelle, welcome.
1: Thank you for having me. That intro was quite special. I'm feeling really good right now.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, I I came across you uh, as a referral I checked out your social media content, looked at your Instagram, looked at your YouTube, looked at what you have out there. And I was like, gosh, she is rad. I I love that word. Rad is my word. So if I call you rad, you know, it's a good thing. Um, And it it was a pleasure. And I was excited when you uh, accepted the invitation to come on the show. So with that, what you know got you into doing what you do? What got you into the podcast? Give my fans, my followers, my audience a little bit of background on you? Sure. So I am a
1: divorced mom. Um, that's essentially where this whole journey began. I in my former life, before I had my daughter, I was a, an educator. Um, and once I had my child, I realized I wanted to be able to provide more for her. I was also in a marriage that I knew would end. I wanted to be financially stable, and unfortunately, here in South Florida, uh, teaching salary doesn't really get you very far, so I was always a writer by trade. I began writing to earn income. Um, Somehow, that made me a blogger, and I was writing for all of these great motherhood publications, like Scary Mommy, and Parents, and a whole bunch of different publications at the time. And at at the same time, my marriage was falling apart. So as soon as I separated, even though I was surrounded by amazing friends and family, I couldn't help but feel so isolated and alone because nobody else understood what I was going through. Um, My friends were happily married still, you know, just a few years in having second and third babies. And I'm like, here I am taking care of a two-year-old by myself. I felt not so good. So I quickly shifted the content of my writing towards single motherhood and being divorced and what that felt like almost as like a call to, you know, anybody out there who was in the same boat, like, please message me. Let's connect. I want to, I want to hear what you're going through. And it kind of just blew up on its own. Um, even though I was running and still run a pretty good marketing agency down here in South Florida, like, my passion wasn't there. It was as these women would reach out and ask me questions, I felt so connected and engaged and willing to help. Um, Fast forward a few years, I got remarried, ironically, to a family court judge. So divorce is always the topic of conversation around here. And more and more people were reaching out with questions and offering, well, asking if they could pay me or hire me. And I wasn't yet at that point where I was ready to do this as a profession. So I thought, you know what, let me start a podcast, because then at least I could bring in professionals, divorce experts, mediators, attorneys, therapists, the random celebrity who wants to share their experience, and I can educate my followers based on all the questions they ask me. So that's where the podcast came from. And a few months, that was in January of this year, and a few months into quarantine, I just made a commitment to podcasting as much as possible, really just to answer people's questions. It's no secret at this point that divorce is up in 2020 due to COVID. Yeah. Um, that, you know, is is unfortunate, but it's also a very real thing. And a lot of that dem- that statistic is our demographic, younger people with young kids, and they need a lot of help navigating this new territory. So within that time, I said, you know what? I'm already getting the inquiries. I'm going to become a coach. So I took a coaching program. Yeah. And then my friend told me about this certified divorce specialist program where I really learned the most um, that I had learned about this industry in a long time. And also got paired up with a great co-parenting app. I'm now a co-founder of and the app and what we're doing um, for co-parents. We're working on an exciting project. So I've gone full force, dove right in, which is very uh makes sense given my personality i'm an all-in kind of gal yeah. and that's that's why i'm here and that's what i'm doing
0: yeah it, it sounds like 2020 you did the complete opposite of what a lot of people did this year was hard on a lot of folks a lot of folks stuck their heads in the sand they they gave up they gave up on their marriages they gave up uh, sadly and i am sensitive to it a lot of folks had gave up on their life this year it's been a really rough year for a lot of folks and then there's people like yourself and me that, that flipped that and we said, you know what, we are gonna turn these challenges into an opportunity. And why it was a, a fantastic opportunity for me to have you on the show is because most of my audience, in fact, 87% of my audience is female. Uh, and a majority of them is recently divorced or they're coming out of a divorce or they were in a relationship with a narcissist or some sort of abuse. And that's right. When I saw your content, Michelle, I said, Oh my gosh, she is going to be phenomenal to give some insight to my fans and my followers. So um, really, really appreciate that. And thank you for sharing. Oh, no,
1: I appreciate Listen, any opportunity to connect and, you know, broaden this, idea of we're normalizing divorce right like half the population is getting divorced I was so sick of people like whispering it at dinner parties like it was cancer you know like oh she's divorced like I never saw it as a bad thing and not because I'm a sociopath but because I saw it as an opportunity I was in a really bad situation that brought out the worst in me Mm -hmm it made me the person i didn't want to be for my child so now here i am out of this marriage with a whole future ahead of me i was only 33 years old i didn't i didn't see any shame in that like i didn't want to have to feel guilty for that and that's also very much my mission is if you find yourself getting divorced whether because you wanted it or because your ex did something that led to this you're not dead, right? Your relationship might be, but you still have this whole life ahead of you. And so long as you wake up tomorrow and there's air in your lungs and the sun is rising, it's an opportunity to create whatever it is you want out of life. So you may not have the person you loved anymore, but that doesn't mean the world stops turning. And I'm so passionate about sharing that message because I really honestly use divorce to create my best life. I was so motivated by opportunity and I had fallen on my face many many times before my divorce so I'm all about recreating and channeling you know all of this nervous energy into something good and I, I love being able to help other women do the same
0: Yeah. And it it ties into one of my philosophies is, is you will fail your way to success. And it sounds Mm -hmm. like that you didn't necessarily fail your way to success, but you were on that concept of, Hey, I know I have to move on. I have two choices. Really. I can continue down this path where I'm not going to grow, or I can grow. I can help myself and I can help empower other women. I am a firm believer in that, that persistence breaks resistance and that you will fail your way to success. So you and I are definitely in line uh, when it comes to that concept.
1: No, I totally, I am I did fail my way to success. And how I failed was by consistently putting myself out there, trying things that were interesting to me. And it just so happened that, you know, my divorce helped me pivot in a million different ways. It wasn't just my personal life. It was my passion for helping other people. I always had that. I just didn't know when, in which way I needed to like take that. Um, it helped me be a better, more present mom. It helped me be a better, more present friend, spouse, like in everything that I do, you know, I think, speaking of gratitude, you become grateful for what you do have in your life that feels healthy and right. And, you know, it, I, I never felt that because I was constantly focusing on my failures and right. what I was doing wrong. And now I I have the opposite outlook for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, that uh, gratitude brings abundance. And when you have gratitude your problems become smaller and smaller the more gratitude you have those problems that you thought were big they become smaller so we're, we're definitely uh in line in line there now one question that i have I'm in my lineup, I typically will have a, a lineup of questions for guests. Is brought you to that point? You know, in your divorce, where, where, and when did you know you were headed for divorce? What brought you there? What was that marriage like? Was it with abuse, a narcissist? What built up the strength that you have now to say, "Hey, I got to get out of this marriage"?
1: I would say, you know, from the very beginning, my ex-husband and I were complete opposites. I was really into him for the fact that he's sweet. He's cute. He, you know, just he was, he's very smart. And I was totally intrigued by the fact that we were so different. I'm a New York girl. I'm hard. I'm tough. I'm fast moving. And he's like the chill Southern boy, like surfer dude. And we just clashed in all ways, but we love the hell out of each other. And unfortunately, you know, love and passion does not like equate long-term connection. I think we just have really different values um, in, in, all, in all things. like I'm a type A control freak. like I said, he's more laid back and like whatever happens happens. We just were totally like not synced up in many ways. And so I think I knew for a long time that this, it, it was probably going to crash and burn. We also were um, pretty, you know, we fought in an unhealthy way. We didn't have good communication skills he brought out the worst in me. I had a lot of unresolved traumas and issues that I had been burying for years and years and years and being with him was kind of like a mirror. He kind of brought it all out of me. So that made me feel shitty and a lot of it wasn't so much him, a lot of it was me realizing like I was I just was like continuing on an unhealthy pattern of attaching myself to people who may not have been the best for me and I didn't want to do that anymore. And we just weren't, I didn't think we were setting a good example for what a relationship should be for our child. So that was really the breaking point for me. And things got more and more contentious and, you know, there's an end to everything. And um, many women asked me, how did you know it was time to end it? It's you kind of wake up one day with that gut feeling, you know, it had been over a year that we were like, screw you, we're getting divorced or I'm calling a lawyer and like nothing ever happened. And then one day I woke up and I was like, yeah, today's the day. So look, it sucks. You, nobody wants to find themselves divorced, but at the same time, I had been through so much in my life, Brandon, that I felt like I was kind of built for it. As sick as that sounds, my parents were divorced. They had That's the ugliest divorce of all time. And I had had a, a lot of trauma in my life growing up. And I kind of felt like if I've been through that, I can kind of conquer anything. And I started to use all of the lessons, like my relationship brought out my daddy issues I I was you know I have no father so I have like the typical daddy issues so it forced me to deal with that it forced me to deal with the fact that I have an anxious attachment style due to my traumas I would kind of like attach to anybody I had never been alone in my whole life and I didn't want to be that person anymore primarily for my daughter like she deserved better and I wanted to give her better
0: yeah yeah you know, everything you say kind of opens the door again for a lot of things that I believe in, that I coach, that I consult people on. And those things are healthy boundaries. Yeah, I know you're big on boundaries. I'm big on boundaries, healthy confrontation. A lot of people fear healthy confrontation. They don't know how to do it. They fear it and they don't know how to do it. Um, but really the boundary part is huge for me. Uh, and and I know you're, you're big on that. What are some ways that you, you know, teach, teach your clients boundaries. I want to hear from your perspective. Once they're separated, you mean? Oh, absolutely. Okay. So there,
1: the theme right now, you said it earlier, everyone's divorcing a narcissist, right? So it's very hard to divorce a, a narcissist quote unquote, or what I call an AEH asshole ex-husband, because it's very hard. To, <laughs> it's very hard to diagnose a narcissist. Yeah. These are not the people who wake up in the morning and say, Hey, I'm such an asshole. Let me go to a therapist and see what's wrong with me. That yeah. so we're either dealing with a true narcissist, somebody with narcissistic qualities, or just an asshole. Either way, whatever their label is, the best way to set a boundary is to ignore like it's really hard in the beginning, right? You're unraveling a marriage. You're so used to conceding with this person and giving them what they want and nurturing and trying to fix and trying to do whatever you can to minimize confrontation. And now, you know, they're coming at you in a way where you're emotionally scarred. You're not sure really how to handle them or what you owe them. And if you're co-parenting, you don't owe them anything other than Whatever the parenting plan states in terms of seeing their child, but right. um, so the best way you can handle setting a boundary is by ignoring whatever you don't want to deal with. So you know, not not ignoring when they want to speak to the child, but you know, a, a lot of clients I have deal with their exes wanting to know what they're doing all the time. Like, well, where were you? I called and. De- and, and then, you know, I had a client who was like, should I tell him I was on a date? I'm like, are you nuts? No. Like set a boundary. He doesn't need to know what you're doing, right? So ignore the question. Because if you start saying, you don't need to know what I'm doing, then a fight starts, right? So you just don't answer it. And you very subtly take your power back by showing these people, your ex, that they can't have access to you like that anymore. It's, it's, it's like a toddler, Brandon. Like my daughter will ask me, every hour of the day for some kind of treat she shouldn't be eating at that time of day right she wants ice cream in the morning she wants gummies all afternoon i just don't even respond i'm not going to say to her you can't have it because she's going to argue with me right right? so i'm just going to say oh okay and i'm just going to walk away because there's there's you can't argue with somebody who does not see the error in their ways Tyler doesn't see why an ice cream is bad for breakfast. Your ex-husband doesn't see why he can't berate you with questions or, um, you know, nasty criticism for having left him.
0: Yep. Yeah. That's the best boundary. Yeah. I just want to just give you a virtual high five. Like every, you and I are so synced up with that stuff about, you said power too. Um, that's a huge thing that I'm big on, on, on top of boundaries is staying in your power. Um, yeah. It's, Here's it's, what happens with that power though, you go
1: through the divorce process and you're putting all of your power in the hands of the attorneys. So you essentially feel powerless, mm-hmm. whether you're doing a collaborative divorce, you're litigating, you're going to mediation, like in your mind, the power lies in these people that you're paying, right, to help you navigate this divorce. And it gets really tricky for women to realize that they, they are still wielding all this power Right. They haven't given it away. Like that's your time to take it back.
0: Right. Right. A hundred a hundred percent. And, you know, along along with that power going back ties into the boundaries, because a lot of um, a lot of uh, the, the ladies that I do deal with, they they struggle with that. They struggle with keeping their power. Hey, Brandon, how do I get my power back? How do I deal with this situation? I don't know how to do this. He wants to know, like you said, he wants to know where I'm at with my kids. And I always tell them, you have to treat him Like he is a child, ignore it, ignore the negative behavior because realistically, I mean, you're laughing, but it's true. It's like you you are dealing with a grown up baby. And if you take away that power, just like a child, they no longer have that power. So I'm glad you touched on that because that is a thing that I you know, teach on and preach on all the time. And there's a lot of both men and women that just don't get it.
1: Um so No and and I think, you know, what happens in these relationships though, if you know, if we're all divorced in the same kind of guy, which it sounds like we are, they're so used to us just giving them whatever they want because we don't wanna fight and we don't wanna cause any more issues and now we're like putting up this wall that they've never seen before and they don't know how to take it but it's essentially the only thing that's going to protect you through this process and and save you your sanity because if you feel this need to constantly answer their texts or their questions or fight back when they accuse you of things that are so random and like not even applicable to the situation you're just you might as well have stayed married because you're giving them the same satisfaction of your time attention and energy
0: right Absolutely. Um, so, with that said, you're, you're you're coming out of divorce. You're you know you're getting your independence. You're you're helping empower women. What what is your after after you've done this after you've gotten out of your divorce? And I'm not saying just specifically you. I'm saying what you may explain to um, your the women that you're empowering is on the dating aspect. Now, I I always tell my my ladies, my men, my clients, however you want to verbalize that. Do not put yourself out there for at least six months to a year. You need to break soul ties. I don't know if you're familiar with soul ties, but I'm a huge proponent of breaking soul ties, number one, to heal that pain. Um, But also you're not psychologically, emotionally available. If you're putting yourself out there any sooner than that, a lot of my clients feel that, oh, you know, this person can help. It's it's just a band-aid. It's just a void. What are your thoughts on that, Michelle? I love that you're
1: asking that because, you know, there's an old saying that says you got to get under somebody new to get over somebody old, right? I, as somebody who really enjoyed attaching myself to people and enjoyed that getting under somebody new phase, I, that was something I would not let myself do after my separation, why I had a child. And also I knew I couldn't have like a revolving door of unhealthy relationships anymore. Um, But here's what I found. So you come out of your marriage right and no matter who ended it you go through these like roller coaster phases where you're like depressed and you feel like shit and then all of a sudden you wake up and you look in the mirror and you're like damn i still got it <laughs> and you're like you know you go out and you're feeling yourself and you want to see who like you cast a line and you want to see who's going to bite and then you're you're presented with this opportunity to like go home with a random stranger or swipe right on somebody and and meet up and what happens after that. So you you're 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 going into this not healed, right? And then let's say you have a date and you don't you don't go home with him, you don't sleep with him, but it goes really well and you have this great conversation and there was a nice kiss at the end of the night. And then you don't hear from him after that. Mm. You're going to think it's you, right? So now you have all of this drama from leaving a marriage, now you're questioning your self-worth because some date didn't work out, which not all of them do. You, you're just feeding the fire of insecurity and self-doubt. And I just think it's a really, really ugly place to be. If you're one of those people who can just like go out and get laid without feeling anything, maybe that's for you. But for the majority of the women I work with, I, I beg them to give it some time. You know, maybe it doesn't have to be six months, but maybe it has to be where you haven't cried for a week and you're feeling more solid in your sense of self and you're feeling more stable to, you know, take a little rejection because with dating comes rejection absolutely you don't want to set yourself up for more like heartbreak and disappointment after a separation until you've healed from like all of the heartbreak and and disappointment that comes from a divorce um we had on my podcast Leah McSweeney from the Real Housewives of New York was I had her on as a guest and she's like just go out and find a big dick and I'm like Yeah, that sounds really great in theory and it's fun. And we all want that after the end of a marriage, because typically at the end of a marriage, you're not really getting any anyway.
0: Right. Yep.
1: You have to know that if you do that though, it can make you feel really, really shitty after, and it may not be worth it. Totally.
0: Totally. Yeah. Well, I I ask you that question. And typically when I do have a female guest on, I will ask that question because again, I, I have a lot of ladies, if they hear it time and time and time again from, independent, strong women, such as yourself, that's going to help them to know, okay, wow, Brandon might be onto something here. If I have all of these people saying the same thing, there's some power behind that.
1: You got to find the power in being alone. Like it, I have to tell you as somebody who was never able to be alone and I'll, I'll fully admit, I wasn't alone for very long after my separation. I randomly met my new husband, not long after, but the time that I was alone was so healing for me I would literally like Friday and Saturday night would come and I would put my daughter to bed and you know my friends were all out on date nights I wasn't gonna be like hey girls let's have a girls night because nobody was at that stage around me so I would literally like buy some snacks pour myself a glass of wine get in bed put on a face mask binge watch all of the shows I couldn't watch when I was with my ex and I was like having the best time just not having to answer to anybody and not having to explain why there were dishes in the sink and you know just like waking up and doing my thing and not having any negativity in the house like it felt so good felt so good and another thing and I always talk about this I'm I'm all about girl power and empowerment right so when I was married I would go to like home goods and come home with those little like signs for my desk that said like you go girl and like you've got this (laughs) I went out and I, I went with a, a girlfriend to Home Goods. My daughter was like, I don't know, somewhere at school. And I, I filled up a cart with all of the things I knew my ex would have hated in the house. And I'm like, I don't even care if it looks good. I'm just buying it. That kind of freedom felt so good to me. Like I created a space that felt safe. I was happy to be alone in it. And I, was, I really surprised myself because I. anyone who knows me knows I, had, I can never be alone. So it
0: was, it was a really great time. That's fantastic. And I, and I know a lot of ladies that are listening are going to love that idea um, that you said that as well. It's like, hey, look at me. I have this independence. I'm getting my power back. And I'm with you. Even, even as a man, I have been alone now for quite a while. I, I live alone. I've lived alone most of my adult life. I've been divorced a while. I've had five serious relationships in the last 13 years. And I've been single now for almost two years. And I think to myself gosh, I love this. I love not answering to anyone. I love this independence. Do I really want somebody to come in and fuck that up? Like- You get you to it real quick. Yeah, yeah. The older,
1: say, the older you get, the more comfortable you get with being alone. And it like, it's good and it's bad. But you know, you also realize a very powerful thing that you don't necessarily need somebody to make you happy. When you are able to make yourself happy, like everything else is just a bonus. You know, I met my now husband at a time where I was like, I was good. I was killing it in my business, making enough money to support me and my kid, and buy fancy shoes, pay my rent. I was like, I don't know. I, I just felt finally like secure in who I was. I kind of knew in my gut that I wouldn't end up alone. That eventually somebody amazing would come along. But right. like, if it didn't happen, I was also cool with that too. You're a peace with it. That's when I think the
0: magic happens. Yeah. Well. Michelle, it has been absolutely fantastic having you on the show. I always give my guests kind of an end. At the end of the show, I give them a chance to plug themselves. I want my audience, both my men and my women, to know how can they find you? How can they contact you? Um, What are some of the things that you have out there on social media? And then, of course, when I do promote this, I am going to leave links to uh, everything that you have out there on social media. But I want you to say it yourself. Sure. So I'm everywhere. I'm
1: real easy to reach. I have my phone number and my bio on Instagram. You can literally text me if you have questions about um, your divorce, separation, or co-parenting. My website is momsmovingon.com. On the website, you'll find my podcast. You'll find um, what it looks like to work with me or join one of my group workshops. I do individual and group coaching. I also started a membership community. It's the Moms Moving on membership community. And what that is, is a place for people who need the help of a coach, but can't really commit to the high ticket price of of coaching. Um, For a low monthly rate, you're getting access to all of my favorite divorce experts, lawyers, mediators, therapists, relationship coaches who are regularly updating the platform with content that will help you through. I I design the content based off of my followers questions. You also get a free monthly workshop within that. So it, it really is, it's worth its weight in gold and I love it. And I've created such a nice community of women through that and there's a private Facebook group. So if you're looking for community and help at a low price to kind of just like hold your hand through the process that's where you need to go. Otherwise I'm at the Michelle Dempsey on Instagram. And if you have questions for me, you can text the link in my bio. There's a phone number and you can email me at info at
0: com. That is awesome. Yes, and I have browsed all of the content that you have, all of your links, uh, very well set up. You have such a strong community. Um, you are out there empowering women. Now, do you have anything um, that you have like charity wise that you wanted to plug on here really quick? Yeah, so I, um, I sell merch,
1: merchandise on my site. It's, my site has a link to my Etsy page. All of um, everything on there, half the proceeds go to the Lotus House, which is a domestic violence shelter for women and children here in South Florida in Miami. Um, We did a lot of fundraising for them during COVID. I chose that as my passion project and place to donate to because of the rise in domestic violence here in Miami during COVID. um, Bad relationships turned worse. This place will literally take in homeless women and children who are escaping abuse and feed them, clothe them, educate them, house them. It's a beautiful organization. So anything you buy from my little Etsy page will support them.
0: Awesome, thank you for that, Michelle. Again, guys, Michelle Dempsey-Moltak. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for being on the show. And guys, if you love me, If you love this podcast, how you give back to me, share this podcast with everyone you know. Make sure you download, subscribe, leave me a solid review. And until next time, friends, stay blessed.